Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, All Praise and Glory to Him. Russian Tsar Nicholas loved to disguise himself and mingle with his subjects to hear what they might have to say. One night, he visited the barracks and listened to the conversations of the soldiers. While passing a tent, he observed a young officer sitting with his head on his arm, sound asleep. The Tsar tiptoed to the back of the chair and looked over the officer's shoulder. 
There, on the table before him, he saw to his amazement a loaded revolver. Beside the revolver was a sheet of paper, and on it was a long list of gambling debts. The czar noted the total was about to turn away when suddenly he saw there was something written below the column of figures. Stepping closer, he read the words, Who can pay so much? Like a flash, he grasped the situation. The young officer had gambled away everything he had. He was deeply in debt and had no way of meeting his obligations. Hence his decision to take his life and to end it all. But after writing the words and spending some time in contemplating what he was about to do, he had fallen asleep. Soon he would awaken, and then he would take action. The czar at first decided to report him. Then, since he recognized the young man and remembered that he was a friend of the young officer's father, he changed his mind. Taking up the pen that had fallen from the hand of the young man and dipping it in the ink, he looked for a moment again at the question before him, Who can pay so much? Then, stooping, he wrote one word underneath, Nicholas. Quietly, he turned away. Presently, the young officer opened his eyes and picked up the revolver and slowly raised it to his brow. But just before pulling the trigger, he glanced the last time at the list of his debts. And then he read one more time the question he had written. Suddenly, he bent nearer. There was another word on the paper. He read it, Nicholas. In amazement, he dropped the revolver. He recognized the handwriting. His czar had been there. With joy, he read again and again the answer to his own departing question. Who can pay so much? Nicholas. The next morning, sure enough, a messenger came with the money from the czar. His debts were paid and his life was saved. We, too, have accumulated a debt. A debt that we can never hope to pay. A debt of sin. We also cry, who can pay so much? And God answers, my son, by his death on Calvary, his glorious resurrection, Lord Jesus Christ settled the account. He became the payment for the debt of our sin. And this is what is written, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not imputing their trespasses unto them. Our sins were placed on the Lord Jesus Christ's account when he died on Calvary. Therefore, we can go free our debt has been paid. Listen now as Don and Larry Grable sing for us this beautiful song entitled, A New Name in Glory. I was once a sinner, but I came Pardon to receive from my Lord This was freely given And I found That he always kept his word There's a new name written down in glory And it's mine, oh yes it's mine And the white-robed angels sing the story A sinner has come home For there's a new name written down in glory And it's mine, oh yes it's mine 
With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, nevermore to written, saved by grace, oh the joy that came to my soul, now I am forgiven and I know, by the blood I am made whole, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes it's mine, and the white robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes it's mine, with my sins forgiven I am bound for heaven, never more to roam. You are less to join the morning which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for morning worship service. We invite you to listen or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Nancy McClellan plays for us on the piano this beautiful song entitled, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
Just one year after he'd been saved, Charles Wesley sat down to compose a hymn of praise to the Lord. He lived in a brutal age when even children could be hanged for any one of 160 violations of the law. Some of the offenses for which the people of England could be sentenced to the gallows were to pick a pocket for more than one shilling, to grasp goods from anyone's hands and run away with it, to steal a sheep, to snare a rabbit on a gentleman's estate, or even to appear on the high road with a darkened face. Nevertheless, Wesley wanted to thank the Savior for calling him to preach the gospel of peace in that violent age. Again and again, the meetings which he and his brother held were broken up by drunken, disorderly crowds armed with clubs and bricks and stones and fire and rotten eggs. When his opponents could not silence his voice by ringing bells and blowing horns or beating drums, they sometimes drove a bull into the meeting or brutally attacked him. Still, Charles Wesley was convinced that it was an honor to suffer for Lord Jesus Christ and that the hatred he met was not to be compared with that which the crucified Son of God received. He was stirred by a desire to sing his praises. It was the same sense of his own limitations which made Isaiah cry out, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Wesley wondered how he, sinful and unholy like all men, could worthily sing the glories of his Savior. He knew the Lord Jesus Christ was God of endless grace while he was only a weak, frail, faulty sinner. Then it was overcome by consuming passion to proclaim his divine deliverer's love. He poured out one of the outstanding hymns among his 6,500, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Wesley desired a thousand tongues to tell what the Lord had done for him. Have you considered what he has done for you? Listen to the words of this song as Joshua and Stephanie McClellan sing for us, The Potter's Hand. I give my life. 
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth, the 70 Weeks of Daniel. Daniel chapter number 9, verse number 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish a transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. The 70 weeks, literally the 70 sevens. But what is the unit of time? Months? Weeks? Years? Centuries? If the unit of time is 490 days, that would be a year and a half. If it was 490 weeks, it would be over nine years. If it was 490 months, it would be approximately 41 years. If it's 490 years, it would be 176,400 days. And if it would be 490 centuries, it would be 49,000 years. The unit of time in the prophecy concerning the 70 weeks are years. Literally, one week equals seven years. The nation of Israel not only had a weekly Sabbath, but there was also a land Sabbath every seven years. The nation was to work the land for six years and to rest it on the seventh year. Their Babylonian captivity lasted 70 years because they had violated the 70th Sabbath over a course of 490 years, Second Chronicles 36.21. The 70 weeks of Daniel, one week equals seven years, it's 490 years, it's 5,880 months, it's 176,400 days. And how do we know the 70 weeks of Daniel, the 77s, are units in time dealing with years? 
Daniel chapter number nine, or excuse me, Daniel seven verse twenty-five. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change time, times and laws, and they shall be given his hand unto a time, times, and dividing of time. So you have time singular, that's one, times plural, that's two, dividing of time is a half. Then we can go over, and I would encourage you to read these verses of Scripture. But Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, you have time, times, half a time. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, and Revelation chapter 12, verse 6, you have 1260 days, which is three and a half years. Revelation chapter 11, verse 2, and 13, 5, you have 42 months, which is equal to three and a half years, or 1260 days. Here is Daniel toward the end of the 70-year Babylonian captivity, praying because of the words of Jeremiah the prophet. Daniel is praying for an end of the captivity, thinking the end was near. And God reveals to him that there is going to be 70 sevens which are determined upon thy people, which is the nation of Israel, and thy holy city, Jerusalem. And if you then read Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 to 27, you have the outline of the 70 weeks of Daniel, the 77s. It's 7 weeks, or 49 years, 62 weeks, 434 years, or a total of 69 weeks and 483 years. And the first 69 weeks, the 483 years, ran together and they ran consecutively. Then we read about that which is to follow after the final week, the 70th week of Daniel. The starting point of the 70 weeks of Daniel. Some want to talk about Cyrus in Ezra chapter 1, or Darius in Ezra chapter 6, or Artaxerxes in Ezra chapter 7, or Artaxerxes in Nehemiah chapter number 2. In the first three decrees, there was no authority given to the rebuilding of the city. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And again, I'd encourage you to read these verses, read the entire chapter. Then the king said to me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, this is verse 5, And if thy servant has found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldst send me to Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchre, that I may build it. Nehemiah is the last historical book of the Old Testament, and the starting point of the 70 weeks of Daniel is Nehemiah chapter number 2, 445 B.C. And again, I remind you that the 70 weeks of Daniel, the 77s were for Daniel's people, Israel, Daniel's city, Jerusalem, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you read Daniel 9, 25 to 26 and 27, it outlines that 7, 62, and then the final week. In verse number 27, we read these words. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. This is the final week. This is dealing with the tribulation period. And we'll show you it is still future. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice, the oblation to cease. That is not a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a reference to the coming Antichrist. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even to the consumption, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. A prophetic year was 360 days. There's a beginning point and ending point 
dealing with the 70 weeks of Daniel. And it is so important for us to understand this, to understand it in light of the Word of God rightly divided, and to understand that the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, is not seen in those 70 weeks of Daniel. Lord willing, we're going to continue looking at this and studying this and understanding it from the Word of God, 2 Timothy 2.15, rightly divided. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? We know in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, Romans 6, 23, eternal life is God's gift to you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you've never trusted him, you need to trust him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late. And for we who are believers, we need to keep studying God's word and rightly dividing it. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my name.